welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. So we have been doing um, a series on faith. So we had Pastor kicked it off. Then we had Tony speak. She spoke in Faith for Healing. And then we had um, Caleb finishing part two on his faith for finance. And the reason they were specifically brought in is because they walk that out. They have walked that out in their lives. They have proven God to be their healer and God to be their supply. That's why they were qualified to speak in this pulpit. And the next person that I'm going to introduce is qualified to speak on faith, and that is Robin. Because, not only because he's my husband and my closest friend, but he is a man who walks out his faith every single day. I have watched it. I live in a house where I'm not allowed to use negative confession. Robin pulls me every time about the words that I speak, and I am growing better in that. So I, I want to encourage you to be blessed today. Um, he is just an awesome man of faith. He's many things, but he is a man of his word, and he's a man of faith. And you'll be blessed by his message today. Come on up, Mr. Savage. Up you come. Sorry. Thank you, family. I'm going to play. Wait a minute, I have to take my emotions under control here. Because God's good all the time. And this word was so strong when Carol, Lindsay and Carla, this was so strong when Carol just welcomed Lindsay and Carla into the, into the house and into the family. But it was just so strong to let you know this. The Spirit of God is mightily burning inside that young man. And if you just keep him, which is well, walking that path, he will know his God and he will do exploits in his name. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, wow, wow. And all I am, like every one of you, is a vessel. Let's face it. The prophet was disobedient in the Old Testament, so God gave a donkey a voice box, and I'm better looking than any donkey. (laughs) Doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your education, it doesn't matter anything. If you put yourself in that position with the word of the spoken God coming out of your mouth, listen to me carefully, the word of the Lord coming out of an individual's mouth is still as strong and as powerful as if it was coming out of God Almighty himself. That's an identity thing. So God speaks to us all in different ways. When Pastor Karen had asked me to minister this word in faith, and if you haven't listened to Caleb's next week, last week, listen to it, it was in faith and finances. And one of the most important sentences in the whole thing was Caleb said, this is not a theory in my head. This is part of me. I live it. So, hold on to your seats for a second. It's not going to be too long. God speaks to me in a completely different way that he speaks to you. It's all about character. And um, you will not have a clue what I'm about to show you. It lasts about two and a half minutes. And it is one of the funniest things I have ever seen on YouTube. And there's a method in the complete and utter peculiarity of me. Um, This 
individual. Is it ready to go, folks, down the back? Just not yet. Just not yet. This individual had an issue with squirrels stealing the bird seed, and they came up with this solution. Listen to the guy behind. Um, you'll understand what I'm going to say in, in a while when we've, we've ministered this word. I'm going to minister on the three enemies of faith that I think God put into my, I know Father put into my heart. Um, and they would be um, lack of knowledge, ignorance, the Cray twins of the Bible, because they always work together, doubt and unbelief. And the third one is, and we all know it, we're all going to go fear which is fear, and I'm going to give you the scripture, and I'm going to give you an example in the Bible where these things played out, where someone had lack of knowledge, where doubt and fear, we'll explain doubt and, or doubt and unbelief, and then we'll finally go off into um, fear, and we'll explain that. And there's one thread that goes the whole way through this thing. This first scripture that I want us to put up here, that video changed the atmosphere in this house. That's why I sat there, because I wanted to observe. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what things everybody's going through in their lives. But when we enter through those doors, we become priests, king, priests, kings, and prophets. They minister unto our Father, but they minister unto ourselves. And when Carl, or Pastor Karen shared that prophecy, Paul told Timothy, to warfare with the prophecies that have been set before you. And I thank God for Pastor John and Pastor Hillary, the prophets that have came in this, this time frame in this house um, and have spoken into a lot of people's lives here who remembers then. But it's up to me now. It's up to me as an individual to get out my prophecies and to start declaring them over my life. Now, whenever you take God's word, which is always going to be positive, life, not death, encouragement, not condemnation, right? It's going to build you up, not push you down. So it's really important that we know God's word. We're not ignorant of his word. Because if we're ignorant of his word, what we're playing back is our unrenewed mind of the way we used to behave before we were saved. That first scripture put it up. This is a common denominator in our lives, folks. This is not an internet connection. Our PA team are just getting used to things, and they're awesome. Listen to that there. 
Psalm 119, verse 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. That should be the foundation in your spirit. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Doesn't change. It's forever settled. How many of you have to understand this? Understand this statement. We do not base the word of God on our experiences. We base our experiences on the word of God because your emotions or your experiences can change, fluctuate. Lord, Holy Spirit, I was in church last week. Robin preached an absolute brilliant nugget and you touched my right earlobe. I could feel your presence on my earlobe. So this week I've been like both earlobes and one toe to be shaken. Junk, we're just ignorance gone to seed. He never changes. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Who went to Sunday school as a kid? Does the Bible say exactly the same thing now as it did when you were in Sunday school? Never changes. Forever settled. Which is awesome for us. Because it means that Father never, ever, ever changes. He exalted his word above his name. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The disciples said to Christ, show us the Father. And what did Jesus say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. His word above his name, and it's forever settled in heaven. And here's the next scripture, and you'll be wondering what my prop's for. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not, things not seen. If there's anything, understand my heart, I know you do. If there's anything I want you to do, I want you to be jealous of what God has done in my life, our lives. That word substance in the Hebrew means title deed. Your very faith on God's word is your proof of ownership that you have what God said in his word that never changes. You're not basing it on your experiences. You're not basing it on anything else that they fluctuate. You are basing, your faith is based on God's Loyalty, faithfulness, the de, Ostia's word. Do you know what this is? Of course you don't. It says, Mr. and Mrs. R. Savage, this is why I know God is faithful. This is our mortgage deed of our house. God paid it off. Told you about that before. So no government, no nothing, nobody can come near Carl and I and have an issue about because we own the deed. It was the Bank of Ireland. You paid your mortgage, as you all do, but now it's ours. And then do you know the benefit of it is, because I wasn't thinking quick enough, was we are not based on interest rate changes. doesn't affect us anymore, because we don't have a mortgage. We own our home. And do you know why we own our home? Because Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, your cup runs over. Men will give into your bosom. Carol's daddy, God love him, John, passed away last December, and he left finance. Shared it all out. I told you this before, and one of the things we did was we paid off our mortgage. 
But the reason that that was paid off was because Carol and I, boasting in God's faithfulness, that his word is forever settled in heaven. And faith is the substance, title, deed of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We made given a lifestyle. Like Caleb said last week, it wasn't a theory in his head. He worked it out. He walked it out till it became part of him. And then God proved to him, I am faithful, I am here, I will supply all your needs. And that's what it was with them. Do you know what worry is? Worry is looking into the future. Believing that God is a liar. It's basically, a situation comes into your life. You maybe never thought of it. Comes into your life. Because we're not settled, that is, we don't know his word. We don't know what we have as his children. We don't know our authority in that way. So we just go along in the mold of our old man and our old, our old mind. And we then project ourselves in the future and we see we crash and burn where God's word is settled in heaven. Faith, your faith is the substance of thing, title deed, ownership. Not based on your experiences, not based on anything. We're going to go. So ignorance was here. Bear with me with this one. Luke 13, 10 to 17. This is when Jesus was in the temple. And this is where they came against Jesus because he, he, he healed the lady on the Sabbath. Now, my responsibility, anyone that takes up to this pulpit, is to share with you what I believe God has told me to share. It's your responsibility to read it, read it, read it, read it, think it, think it, think it, talk it, talk it, talk it, think it, talk it, read it, until they become your talk, your thinking, and then your action. It's not my responsibility. I'm responsible for me, Carl, and the family. The um, John G. Lake, an awesome man used of God um, in Spokane and Washington, listen to this. Psychologically, apparently they're saying this. It is easier to act yourself into believing than believing yourself into acting. That's why I'm here. Do you not think thoughts come into your head when Pastor Karen didn't even know a minister, did the prayer meeting on Tuesday night, was praying away, and everything was fine, and afterwards, a couple of wee silly thoughts would come in, you got rid of them. Next minute, uh, you're, you're maybe just momentarily beating yourself up, measuring yourself, can you this, can you that, can you here? Shut that down, straighten myself up, got home, was about to jump into bed, and Carl goes, and by the way, Pastor Connor says, can you minister on Sunday? And then you're sitting going, yeah, God, you're so good. And we're walking a walk, and so far the God in me is going, <laughs> understand what I just said there? The God in everyone uses us, awesome. but we've got to grow, and we've got to learn, 
exactly what he's done in here. Anyway, look at this. This is about the woman that, um, that was bowed over for 18 years. So basically, Jesus went, I don't want to take too much time in this. Basically, the way that I'm looking at this, this lady was bound over. Jesus went into the temple. He looked over and seen this lady bound over. And then he came over, cut a long story short, called her over. How long have you been like this? 18 years. And he laid his hands on her and healed her. Did he heal her because she asked? No. Did he heal her because it was obviously compassion? The leaders of the, of the synagogue basically started giving him a hard time now because he had healed on the Sabbath. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Then we go down to verse 15. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? 16. So ought this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed of this bond on the Sabbath. This woman was loosed of her infirmity that she carried for 18 years only because, not even only, because she was in covenant. She was a daughter of Abraham. Now, if you all think about this, we have a better covenant now. We can look through that scripture and say, this lady didn't know. And because she didn't know of the benefit of the covenant, Satan could come over and 18 years, Jesus beckoned her to him. Jesus knew that she was a daughter of Abraham and set her free based on the covenant, that he, her covenant rights that she didn't know. Now, we are under a better covenant now. That was a covenant that covered your sin. Our sins with the blood of Jesus Christ was completely wiped out and put in the sea of forgetfulness. I'm going to say it again, in the sea of forgetfulness. The only people that remember your sin, us, because we listen to the voice of a stranger and not a listen to the voice of the shepherd. Right? So Jesus set this lady free based on her covenant. Is there anyone in this house right now under a better covenant that their body is telling them and you're believing that it's right when this word says it's wrong? You right now, if you have an infirmity in your body, you can decree right now not based on your experience or your feelings which fluctuate, but based on God's word settled in heaven forever. Yeah. Not anything else. Why do we look at that scripture? Now, faith is the substance of hope, that, hope for the evidence of things not seen. What do we automatically do when someone prays for us? Pastor Karen, me, anybody here, we lay hands on someone believing to be healed, and then we go straight into the physical realm to actually see if we're healed. When it says there, the evidence of things not seen, we do not base God's word on how we feel 
or anything else. We base our belief and our action and our talk on what God's word says. We don't turn to the right, we don't turn to the left. We walk forward, we walk forward, we decree that word. I don't care if your body says, tell the thing to shut up, it's a liar. Tell your bank account it is a liar. But there's a condition you need to give. There's a condition we give and it shall be given unto you. So we cannot go down the road of, I tried that, okay. Try, try parachuting, okay. And when you get up there and you're about to jump up, they'll say, here's the parachute. Ah, no, I haven't tried that, I don't think I'll try it. You need, to try, you need to put the thing on and believe it's going to work. But this woman was loosed by Jesus Christ because she didn't know her covenant right in God, but Jesus knew and went there. Ignorance. When you look at the Word of God, the Word of God talks about two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The kingdom of light is truth and knowledge. The kingdom of darkness is ignorance. And I put that in a practical term. Whenever Carol bought a blackout blind years ago for our, our root space conversion, and it literally does what it says on the tin, whenever you pull a blackout blind down, it literally blacks out everything. You cannot see. That's why it's called a blackout blind. So if you are in the darkness, look, you, you fumble about because you can't see. You can't see. But whenever you turn on the light, everything in front of you is there. You know, the hairdryer, the straighteners that weren't lifted up, you know, the stuff that wasn't there. Do you understand what I see? So whenever the truth comes on, when the light of God's word is in your, in your heart and part of you, marinated together, two entities have become one, when a situation and circumstance comes into your life that literally speaks against, contradicts God's word, when it's part of you without even thinking, and there's a process, the thing that comes out of your mouth is God, what God said. A pain comes into your body and you go, I'm healed. And your leg might be lying to you and it still might be sore, but you keep walking like this here and you walk it out 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 and you walk it out. And then it believes and it goes in the spiritual realm. He believes his left leg is healed, so it can't be there anymore. Let's go into the right one. Because it wasn't praying for the right one, it was praying for the left one. So you get the whole package, and every day before you go to work, come over, over Craig Gauntlet, you just decree that I walk in divine health every day of my life. And then you don't get sick. It might come and knock at your door, but don't open the door and invite it in. Mark 6, 6. This is where Jesus could do mo mo no mighty miracles in his hometown. And to cut a long story short, we all go on about, Matt, we, we talk about Matt, Mark 6, 6. Put it up there, Matthew, if you get a wee sign. So basically, Jesus went, could do no matter he works. But if you look at the thing that the Holy Spirit showed me a couple of weeks ago was, you can't take things at surface level. The Word of God, you've got to look through it, right? You've got to look through it to see what's there, okay? Look through it. The other day, I was listening to something, and this statement came absolutely awesome. 
you take your faith, your faith is God's, God's answer to anything. Faith looks through the problem to the answer and then speaks the answer until it's manifest. Looks through the thing. Because the only reason persecution and affliction comes is for the word's sake. Satan knows that he cannot afford for you to get established in any part of the kingdom principles in your life. Because he knows then he's lost ground in your life as an individual. But once he's lost ground on your life as an individual with healing, then what does God do? Jesus moved in the multitude with compassion. You then start praying for the sick. And then freely you have given, so freely you have received. And then it gets you give it away, you get more, and you get more, and you get more. But think about that. Faith looks through the problem to the answer and speaks the answer until it's established. So Jesus could do no mighty miracles, um, only to get lay his hand on a, on a few because of their unbelief. We've basically talked here on ignorance, not knowing what we have. We're basically talking then on um, unbelief and doubt. Unbelief, they, they work together as twins. Whenever you look at the word doubt, it means to overthink and unwind. So a situation came, a situation comes up, instead of finding out what God's promise and God's will is in that situation in his word, because his word never changes, we start to unwind and try to figure it out ourselves. And then once we hesitate and doubt and overthink, we then do, we go into unbelief and do not act. It stops us in our tracks. That's why you have doubt and unbelief as a set of twins. When Jesus could do no mighty miracles here, if you look through that scripture and see, he could, he could only lay his hands on a few. So the contact point in his own hometown was he could only lay his hands on a few. It wasn't that Jesus was limited. What limited, Je- what limited Jesus Christ was that people were in unbelief. That's why he marveled. They didn't even come out for him to touch them. They stayed at home and went, oh, what's the sense? You know, you ever done it on a Sunday? Oh, sure, I can listen to the podcast. I don't really need to go. don't really need to do this. So we had ignorance and we had unbelief and doubt. Matthew 21, 21. Just quickly on doubt again. This was the fig tree. So Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also you will say to this mountain, how did they use their faith? The fig tree was showing the leaves. Jesus went over there was no figs. It, was, it wasn't the time for, for figs to happen. So Jesus rebuked it and it dried up from the roots. And then whenever, it's different, in different books, it says a different story. Anyway, they came back. It had dried up from its roots when they walked back. Jesus even go, didn't even give it the time of day. Jesus spoke to the tree because the tree was a perversion. 
when you get leaves, and you know, when you get leaves on a fig tree, apparently you're supposed to have. You get leaves on a fig tree, you're supposed to have figs. He seen the leaves, went over, it had no figs on it. So it distracted Christ from his walk. It was saying something that it wasn't happening. So he cursed it that no man would eat fruit of it from this day forth. But then whenever we say, go into Matthew 21, when Jesus said, Assuredly to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, overthink, unwind, how do we activate our faith? You will not only do what was done, but you will also say, say, speak, open your mouth and decree, give an instruction. But we don't go into the natural realm and base what we said on what we see. We base what we said on what God's word says because it's forever settled in heaven. There's a process of faith. We have to grow in faith. There's maybe, maybe the odd person here that's just a natural at everything they do, and just a natural. But as, as the majority of us, I would say, through life, we've had to keep trying. We've had to keep trying, and we've had to keep trying different things. And depending on the desire of your heart, out of true necessity, most of the time we'll give up and we don't benefit from trying and trying and trying and moving and going. God stands over his word waiting to perform it. So we're not moved by what we say. We're not moved. We're only moved by what we believe. We do not overthink. We do not doubt. We believe in our heart, and we believe, so we act. Everything has to be processed. We know what God says. We know who we are in Christ. We know what we say when we declare the word. God's word's gone. And then the funny thing is, we do go through this, and then, like some miracle, we're amazed when it happens. Why would we be amazed when God has told us it would happen? The greatest form of honor an individual, you can give an an individual, is you take them at their word. When you take someone at their word, you are totally honor and respecting them because that is them, that is their character, and he exalted his word above his name. Nearly finishing here, folks. You don't talk to your mountain about, you don't talk to God about your mountain. You talk to your mountain about God. The word of God God gives us an imagination. So whatever's coming against you that's not in the word, and if you don't know that it's in the word and you have got total authority over this thing, then you're going to walk in ignorance and you don't know you're the authority to deal with it. But once you have that authority, you know you have that authority. You know that God says yes and amen. Lack, healing, pain, anything, peace, you then, use, I use my imagination, and I think of the word like a big, massive sledgehammer, and this thing like a rock. And every time I bang it, maybe no proof, and bang it, and bang it, every single time, I might not know, like the fig tree, what's going on in the unseen realm. But I know that my God is faithful, his word is settled in heaven. 
I have the authority, I have the responsibility to take that thing, and that thing is fracturing inside, yeah. fracturing inside, fracturing inside, and then one day it completely obliterates out of the road, and your path is free. Imagination, folks, imagination. Nearly finishing here. Your word in any situation, God's word in any situation changed the atmosphere. That's why it sometimes it amazes, sometimes it amazes me whenever a pastor comes says, we just share on Sunday and the first thing comes to me is a squirrel sliding down a pole. <laughs> and I'm going, Carl, what's this? And Carl will say to me, I says, what do you think, Carl? And Carl will say to me, I'm very hearts like a good medicine. Here's me, there you go, prophet. You know what I mean? Even if it have nothing to do with what I'm teaching on the day, a merry heart is like a good medicine. Amen. Let's look through it. Do you know what's happening when you laugh? And it's, and it's it basically physical. It, it is a medical. It's truth. It releases endorphins into your bloodstream. It releases, it releases endorphins into your bloodstream. But the reason that I started thinking about it was, was that, and that's why I said it before, it changed the atmosphere in you individually and in the whole family. You know, it just changed our atmosphere. What you were maybe thinking of, what is trying to steal your peace? What situation is darned to exalt itself above the spoken word of the living God? What is trying to control and limit you when you're limitless in Christ? You can do all things. Say it individually. Say, I can do all things, things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Now, look through it, make it personal, and say your name. Now you've made it an individual to you. And things will come down. A diamond is formed under pressure. And it never gave up. A pearl is a, a pearl is actually contamination in an oyster. And the pearl, well, as far as I know, I've never actually interviewed an oyster, but um, it never says, it never says, I better spit, spit that out. It doesn't. It rewires it and turns that piece of contamination into a priceless pearl. Here we'll go to a man. There was, there was a scripture there, Mark 35 and 36. We're going to talk just briefly here on fear, because I really think of it as fear. And I said to you before, false evidence appearing real. Fear, right? Um, Jesus, if you look at this through verse 35, this is when Jesus was going through and the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment. Then the leader, while he was still speaking, some came, go back, go back one there, Matthew to 34, because there's something here that was said. You've been healed of your affliction. In different uh, translations, basically, the leader of the synagogue came to Jesus and said that his daughter, the ruler of the synagogue's house, and said his daughter was sick. Now, if you read this in context, Jesus is on the way. I'll go to the house and heal her. And the woman with the issue of blood, and there was a throng around him. That's another story. 
But basically what happened was Jesus had actually with the thro- heard their conversation. And the first thing was they told the leader of the synagogue his, his daughter was unwell. Jesus had heard her com- their conversation. Then the next thing, it hadn't changed. So in the come with the double whammy, right? While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore? So this girl had went, this man had came to Christ to get him to come to his house and raise his daughter up who was, wasn't well. And the next piece of information he gets from his people from his house is, don't trouble the master anymore, she's dead. Jesus' next words to that man was, do not fear, only believe. But the real crux of that thing was, Jesus was listening to their conversation. So they were talking what they see, what they were experiencing. But Jesus Christ, the word of God, that became flesh and dwelt among us, the resurrection, your peace, your righteousness, everything that that word says that Christ is, told him not to speak what he saw and what he was experiencing, only believe. So if we're the prophets of our own lives, folks, doubt and unbelief get into your lives, it's because we're believing what we're seeing and we're agreeing with it and talking. Whereas the only thing that should be coming out of our mouths, and it is, well, that is good, it is the spoken word of God when Pastor Hillary speaks it out of Pastor Hillary's mouth, when Pastor Karen speaks it out of her mouth. It is the same authority. It is the same declaration. Is exactly the same. It's God in you declaring God's will in this place. Now we'll go here. I'm going to finish up very, very soon. When you think of doubting, who do you think of? What's the first name coming to you? Poor guy, what a rap. The only thing he remembered of. Jesus had already told the disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be crucified. But I'm going to rise again in three days. And then we go to Thomas. Now, Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. This man walked with Christ seen the miracles of Christ, seen Christ resurrect Lazarus, seen Christ still the storm, seen Christ heal the, cleanse the leper, seen him do everything, seen Christ justify, I am going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be crucified, but I will rise again in three days. And yet he went straight back to what he felt, and he based on what he his action, he based his action and his belief on touching the nail prints in Christ's hands and touching the wound in his side. And when Jesus eventually came and you greeted yourself, he says, you believe because you've seen, but blessed are those who believe and have not seen.
God, I was, I was thinking the other day, I thought, Lord, why, why has no one seen God? Because he exalted his word above his name. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And Jesus said to the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He always points everything back to the word. Everything is the word. The word, the word, the word, the word. So we had ignorance where we don't know. The lady was bound over for 18 years. She was the daughter of Abraham. You this day are children of the Most High God. Do you know it? Are you intimately involved of your identity of Christ? He gave us all authority in this world. Gave us it. So not only are we now children of God, but we have everything he said we have. And we have his authority to bring heaven on earth. Um, there's a, a scripture I keep using, losing. It's fun in our house, it is fun in our house with Carol when she says to me that I stand over her words, but um, she usually goes into tongues because she doesn't want to actually be a vessel of righteousness and use foul language. But the, um, and sometimes I say, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. And I said too. We've got to get the point, folks, where David said it in Psalm 119 is all about God's word. And Psalm 119 is at verse 82 when David said, I delighted in your law and it saved me from your, my afflictions. There is a whole starter main course and dessert there if you just even think of that one scripture. I delighted in your law, and it saved me from my afflictions. So like I said before, if we look through it at the surface, and we rewire it the other day, if we don't delight in his law, then our afflictions can literally overwhelm us and completely stop slop us in our tracks. It's his word in our hearts. It's his word on our tongue. It's his word on our lips. That's why it says in the word, guard your hearts with all diligence because out of it becomes the issues of life. Ignorance can go to seed. And I'm going to finish here. Um... I tried to look it up because I couldn't remember where I'd got this piece of knowledge from, but it's just a wee piece of... In the 1800s, you had the, uh, the lumberjacks of California who would go and cut down the great redwoods, and these things were massive, apparently, these massive trees, and these guys didn't have chainsaws. And apparently, these lumberjacks, the, the forests were full of wild game. Sorry if you eat meat. Now, if you don't eat meat and you don't like people eating meat, which is fine if you enjoy vegetables until God gives you a revelation that vegetables have feelings, like animals, and then you won't eat vegetables either. The, the forests were full of game, and these guys, these lumberjacks, had endless amounts of food, so they would 
shoot the game and eat the game. But they found out after a while they were malnourished. And they couldn't figure out why they were malnourished when they had all this game. It was because basically, Angie could tell me differently. So good job, man. The keto diet isn't so good if you're constantly just eating meat all the time. They had wild vegetables. They had no vegetables in their diet. So even though they were surrounded by food that was running past and stuff like this, and they could eat the food and that was it, because they didn't know and because of ignorance in their heart, they were actually dying of malnutrition because they needed to lift the wild garlic, they needed to lift the actual vegetables, and they needed to have a balanced diet. So we all need a balanced diet. We all need Father's word in our hearts. And you'll know when you're there, you say it, and you say it, and you say it, but that's unbelievable. No, it's not. It's a psychological fact that you act yourself into believing before you believe yourself into acting. If the word of God will not fall to the ground void, and it always, it won't return to God void, that means, and it is life and it is spirit, that means that as you do that, the image in our minds, like I say, is the rock with the hammer. If it is the very life force of our being, you speak it and then you act. You speak it and then you act. And you speak it and then you act. And eventually it just becomes so part of you that whenever something comes, you know you're a liar. And then it lingers to say, I, he might, he or she might actually think they know this, but I want to just test it out a wee bit. So if you ever see me in Main Street walking with a gammy leg, believe you me, I'm walking in faith. It's just my leg hasn't actually believed it yet. That doesn't mean I don't in my heart. You walk it out, and I'm going to tell you, see when you actually, you're not walking it out trying to see if it works. You're not basing it on your experience. You're basing it on God's word never changing. God's will, God character in my life. You believe, you didn't overthink it, you acted. And I'm telling you right now, see when you start understanding that, and you understand that, that thing goes. That thing goes. Grows and doesn't. It cannot. And then you have a testimony in your own life. And then you start moving out, and then you've taken that part of your on your new mind back and you walk in that part of your mind to the mind of Christ. God is so good all the time and all the time God is good. So we're not ignorant. The only person that could be ignorant is in when we choose not to know. And in this day and age, there's no reason why we couldn't know. You know, I'm still part of the crew where you would, you would order three Andrew Womack free tapes, and it took a week for them to come, and you'd be walking around 
delivering meal with your Walkman at the side. Sorry, kids, that's a small sort of device, so it doesn't matter. And um, you think that's bad. They think, they think Band-Aid in the post office is a, is a plaster, not a concert in 1985. The, um, but at the end of the day, um, it's up to us. I can only present this to you now, but it's up to the individual. It's up to us to figure that out in our own lives and to walk in it in that way. And then this is when there's clones of Christ going out into every single highway and byway, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, casting out devils, recovering the sight of the blind, cleansing the lepers, and setting the oppressed free. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps in blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.